I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, guys, we're back with another edition of Talking Preps. I had to go and find some of my basketball experts today. We got uh, Coach Lewis, the guru of basketball. I got two gurus on the show. Got the guru of football. I got the guru of basketball. Rick Lewis, the number one voice high school basketball in North Carolina. How are you, sir? Doing well. Thank you for having me on. Thanks. Absolutely, absolutely. And I got my man Randall Clark, number one trainer I know in North Carolina. How you doing, Randall? I'm good. Good to be back. Well, I had to bring you guys on the show because we got some hot basketball topics to hit. We're going to uh, hit the button when I can find it, and we're going to get started. <laughs> All right, Randall Trick, uh, we've seen the news lately about, you know, pop-up schools coming up and star players leaving North Carolina. This week we saw Brandon White announce he was going to Donda Prep in California. There are rumors about Robert Dillingham potentially going to uh, Donda Prep. His father and a good friend of the family were both on Facebook. Everybody saw the post and what was said about Robert. They feel like he's been out of school uh, and they're just concerned. I just want to kind of get your thoughts on – just the whole situation with pop-up schools. We have a lot of them around North Carolina. Um, are they hurting the sport? Could it be good for the sport? Just your thoughts. And we'll start with Randall. What do you think? I, I mean, I think when it comes to kids going other places, it starts off on a case-by-case basis. Um, you know, it, it, in most situations, you'd like to see a kid go to a school that's established where you know that they're getting exactly what they need in order to get them to the next level. Because I mean, we all know like sometimes that you just need, you know, you need something different. There's some kids that need to get away from mom and dad. So they, they go to, you know, go away for school, um, you know, for developmental purposes, just to try to get what they need. But, you know, when you talk about these schools that, you know, just kind of pop up, you always worry about it because you just don't know. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. You don't know if it's truly what they say it's going to be. You don't know if, if use truly accurate and you know there's no proof in the pudding so being the first one is extremely risky especially when you talk about being a junior senior in high school and you know trying to play at the next level rick you had a, a star recruit uh of this level i mean would you have been comfortable and tyler went to oak hill would you have been comfortable sending them to one of these kind of pop-up schools i wouldn't but i, I think i'm a little bit different um i think for us, the family is um, the key to it. Um, there's one thing you can't get back with your kids, and that's time. Um, and I think, like Randall said, it's a case by case basis, and, and you got to look at it that way. Um, in regard to Robert Dillingham, you know, I don't know whether he's officially announced that he's going to Donda. Um, you know, when I first heard the news, I was a little bit shocked because here was a guy that was North Carolina's Mr. Basketball as a sophomore. And he was returning back to Combine as a junior. They were preseason ranked top five in, across the country. He played on the USA team, was the leading scorer assist guy. He had everything going for him. He was a top 10 recruit. 
So when I first heard the news, it sort of shocked me just a little bit. Like, why would he want to do that? Because he had everything going for him at Combine. I think the other thing, too, that we have to take into the equation is when you send your kids off elsewhere, you're, you're putting the responsibility on someone else to raise your kids. And I think the psychological part of it is the thing that's going to be missing. And a lot of these kids, by going off early, the thing that they'll miss is hanging out with their friends and their family. And I think that's most important. Gary, uh, I hate it. I'm going to be flat out honest with you. I worry about it from an academic standpoint. Uh, what kind of accreditation are they going to have? Um, if it's a pop-up school, I guarantee you, they don't have very good teachers. They have teachers that may not even have a license um, or they are retired, which I am, but and my license has expired. But um, you have to worry about your kid academically. And some of these schools, they pop up just for basketball and the kid is still taking classes at their previous school but they're playing for this pop-up school. And I think the, the reason they come up is one, they're in it for the money, uh, either a shoe company or NIL deal, something of that nature. It, it's, it revolves around money and it's taking advantage of, of, of some kids and, and their parents who are in a hurry to get that money. Uh, they can't wait, even if the kid is, is a can't miss NBA prospect, the parent just can't wait one or two more years to get to that money. They just got to have it now. Um, I, I, I can't stand it. Now, that's not every one of these schools, but it's, it's trending in that direction. And I think you're doing a disservice to the families, like Rick said, to the kid. And I don't even, I'm not even sure if, if the coaching is that much better. Um, and then they, they make promises to, to um, these families and it's built on the backs of the kids that are not going to play college ball, but they've been promised they would so that their parents pay the money for the kids that are going to play college ball. And um, I, I just think it's a CD type thing, and, and I hate it. Well, Gary, you hit on some good points. And, and one thing that I want to also mention to you is we do live in a microwave society where we want everything instantly. Um, me personally, you know, I think the academics are important because one day that basketball will stop bouncing, no matter how good you are, it will stop bouncing and you got to fall back on your education and then the academics. So I think those are some of the most important things that, that we need to look at. I think for a lot of these kids though, they're looking at the quick fix. Um, a lot of these young men really don't want to go to college. They want to get to the NBA or get to the G League and start making that money as quickly as they can. And I think you hit a good point there as far as the patience. I still think young players that have a great career, and let's use Dillingham as an example, he would, he's a junior this year. He has everything going for him. He could have probably gone to college for one year, and let's say he's going to Carolina. To me, going to, to a college for one year is the biggest stock enhancement for a player that wants to get drafted by the NBA. And you look at some of the kids who have gone to college for at least one or two years, they seem to be drafted pretty high and are a lot of times lottery picks. This show is about education-based athletics. 
I refuse to give any amount of time whatsoever justifying these counter outfits masquerading themselves as schools and purporting to be something other than their chicanery acts. I refuse to give them any degree of credence whatsoever on a show that's about education-based athletics because they are not about education-based athletics. So therefore, I will not address it on this show. I will not give any credence or legitimacy to it as this show is about education-based athletics. And this whole notion of pop-ups or kids playing for a brand or whatever, you're playing for a brand? What is that like? We're evaluating players based on upside? What does that mean? This is an education-based athletic show and these counter outfits are anything but education, let alone education-based athletics. I refuse to give any credence to them by discussing them on the show. All right, well, that kind of brings us to the next topic, which is the NIL. Randall, how much is the possibility of getting an NIL in high school affecting the elite recruits and making them leave traditional schools, like a Julian Phillips who decided to go to Link, Missouri, instead of staying in South Carolina, because they can go ahead and make make the NIL money versus if they stay in their in the high schools which are affiliated with the National Federation. I, I completely under, I, I completely get what 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 can happen with the NIL, but in my opinion, is if I'm that good, if I'm in Amani Bates, if I'm one of the top five players in the country. I'm going to go to school for a year or two because there can be a lot of – there's probably more money in that than there is in playing in the G League. There's only so much money that the G League can, that the G League can give you. And I honestly think that if, I, if I'm going to a place like Memphis where the people love basketball, I'm the guy, I'm sure that he's going to have a ton of endorsement deals and a ton of opportunities. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Take advantage of those opportunities while enjoying still being in college, getting coached, and, and then worry about going pro. Richard? I would agree with Randall. I think the opportunity is, again, it's a patience factor with a lot of these young players. Um, you can go to college for at least one year, and with the new NIL um, decision based by the NCAA, you're going to be more marketable going to college than going to the G League. And I think, again, the young players that go that route will be um, beneficial long term as far as if they're at that, you know, five to 20 range as far as rankings. Those kids are going to get to the league one way or the other. I just think you're going to be more of a market value by going to college for at least one or two years. And, and that way the NBA can see that you're a proven commodity. If you don't do that and you get to the G League, uh, it's not quite the same. Gary. Not only that, what Rick was saying, um, you you learn life skills when you go to college. Okay, they they learn to be accountable, to be on time, to to live off a of budget, things that we kind of take for granted. How to do interviews, uh, how to respond to reporters, how to deal with social media. You're gonna learn those things if you go to college because they're gonna take the time out to teach you. 
in the G League, it's all about basketball. Um, and everybody in the G League doesn't make it. As Rick said earlier, you got to have something, a fallback plan. And, and that's where college comes in. I know everybody's not suited to college, but um, for most of these kids, um, one year of college is better than, than nothing at all. And I just think they need to show um, or we need to see a level of patience. Uh, what you also find with a lot of these these kids going to these um, specialty schools is they transfer often. And you'll find that most college coaches, um, they don't like it because it becomes a, a situation where if you don't like them, then you're going to leave them too. And so they don't want kids that are jumping around and are not committed to a team or a program. Rick? I think another thing, too, is the accountability factor um, with a lot of these young players is, you know, being at home, you're sort of accountable to your parents. And when you ship your kid off, you're, you're allowing someone else to assume that, you know, parental guidance um, on the young player. And also, you know, as far as the family structure and foundation, you know, I think we're not allowing kids to be kids anymore. It's like these kids are 16, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old, and they're being, you know, shipped off, you know, across the country. And, you know, I worry about the social interaction, the psychological issues, and basically who's going to hold these young men accountable. And, you know, being a 16, 17-year-old guy going across country or anywhere, you're going to be faced with a lot of problems. You're not going to have that parental guidance to help you through these situations. Alex, final word. More money, no pro more problems. This is another thing. I'm, I'm not going to legitimize this foolishness by discussing this on a show that's about education-based athletics because these decisions, which parents are allowing, are not in the name of education-based athletics. They're in the name of M-O-N-E-Y, bottom line. I'm sick and tired of all these people who are living in pipe dreams thinking that they're better than they really that they really are at whatever sport if you're that good you will end up where you're supposed to be whether you graduated from vance high now known as chambers high uh, you tribute to vance high and the legendary gary richmond or whether you graduated from west charlotte high the legendary like the legendary langston works i mean if you are that good, it will not matter. Why in the world do you want to sacrifice, as Rick said, being a young person, part of a family, being with your friends, and parents sacrificing that opportunity to continue as their child's primary educators on some off chance, granted, as Randall said, as every situation is unique, but on some off chance proven statistically that something's going to work out for you. If you're that good, it's going to happen in due time. Randall, what do you say? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to legitimize this nonsense by talking about it any further. Well, basically, what I was talking about is I'm talking about the kids that go to places like IMG and Oak Hill, you know, places like that. Like every, every, every situation is different. Right. Um, you know, I think the kids that have left the state to go to those two places, they, for the most part, it's been legit. Like, 
you know, you went there because you won a state championship. You go to IMG as Jaden Bradley. Like, you're trying to get to that next level. You're trying to push yourself to see what's next for you. You've already accomplished everything that you feel you needed to accomplish in Charlotte. So you wanted a new challenge. Completely understand that. You know, Jeremy Gregory is another kid who left and went to Oak Hill this year. He, he needed to grow up a little bit. You know, he was he was, he's the baby. He You know, mom and dad take great care of him. It's time to grow up and get ready to go to college and see what the real world is like. So every situation is different when it comes to situations like that. That's kind of what I was talking about. Yeah, and I don't think IMG and Oak Hills are pop-up schools. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're no, not. no, those are legit, legit schools. Those are legitimate schools. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Gary, final. I'll give you the final thought before we move on. Well, I think, as Randall said, you look at it a case-by-case basis, but any school that has it, to me, if their only sport is basketball, that should be a red flag, okay? If they don't have girls' basketball, if they don't have volleyball, and I'm talking about low-level expense sports, you know, that doesn't cost a lot of money to fund like football. If the only sport that they have is, is male basketball, I would be very cautious about a school like that. Okay. Well, I want to thank my basketball guys for coming on and joining us. Um, it's good to see you guys a little early. Uh, we'll definitely be getting back to basketball here a little bit. So, uh, Rick and Randall, thanks a lot for coming on. We'll catch you later. Thanks for having thanks us. Having us. All right. See y'all later. Thank you. Later, fellas. All right. So now, man, I'm frozen again. This is crazy. Now we're going to bring in uh, Sam, who's scared scared out of his wits already. Oh my gosh! You I'm not scared. Like I, I'm just a little worried. You got this little, you got this little flavor saver right here going, and it makes Christian, 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 turn your phone, turn your phone sideways for me. It's good. What up, man? What's up, coach? They got you on here? Oh, this is an easy dub right here, baby. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know about that. All right, so we got no. Christian Hamilton, who's the number one recruit in North Carolina. He goes to Hickory Ridge High School, wide receiver, number seven. Tell us, man, about how the season's going for you guys. You guys are killers this year. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I really think after we play Vince, uh, we got a lot of confidence going. Uh, O-line playing real good. Our running backs, just everybody's just playing real good as a team and as a family. Did that game just give you guys a new new round of confidence? Yes, sir. We like we really thought we really felt like we could be like anybody after them, or we could even beat them. To to be honest. Yeah, Sam, this team has been killing everybody since that game. I mean, everybody. Well, got, I mean, you won't want to see them in the playoffs, right? Well, I'm glad we three A. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to see them. Jupiter Wilton in the coaching world. Jupiter Wilton. That's my that's my best friend, and. uh he does a phenomenal job of managing so many things at that school, especially that football team. Yeah. He's a guy you want to play for. He's very passionate. He's very emotional. He's attached to those kids. He wants what's best for them, and he does it the right way. Don't curse kids out. He demands greatness from them. I mean, he's he's top-notch. Like, I love him like my own brother. And uh, they're taking on his personality, his toughness. Yeah, Jupiter ain't scared of nobody. He wants all that smoke. He say he he'll play anybody, anywhere, and his team's really starting to take that identity now. Christian helps when you have a special player like him, and then you got Alex, who's an unbelievable leader that beat me on the game show before. He's like one of the best <laughs> leaders to have around. So I mean, they got a great makeup, and the O line 
is probably the best O-line in the entire state. Hold on, Christian. Garrett, Coach Richmond said he taught you how to block. Is this a true story? No, uh, nah, he did. He did. I was a little shaky as a freshman. I ain't going to lie. Gary, did you hey. see this guy becoming a top-ranked recruit when you first taught him how to block? <laughs> hey, the kid is awesome. He runs great routes. He's a, he's one of those guys that goes to another level when the lights come on. Right. You know, in, in practice, he may not stand out all the time. Um, not that he doesn't practice hard. He's standing out there. <laughs> but when the lights come on, he's a dude. He's a dude. And he's the best dude in this area. Not on the game show, though, but <laughs> he's number one. You see it on the screen. But his route running and his catching, that's God-given. I, I didn't teach you that. I just told him how to block. All right. Before we get to the show, I got to put you on the spot, man. What What's the school list looking like right now? Oh, I'm wide open. I, I, I just got to see. I got to. I got more. I got more options. I gotta get if more. If you options. had to make a choice right now, and I put a gun to your head, where would you go? Tell me what color they wear. I can't even say that. You can tell me the color. I can't. I can't say that. Right you know. You know. He knows. No, I don't. I can tell you. Him, Sam, look at him grinning. He knows. Yeah, he knows. He, in the back of his eye, he has something at the tip of his tongue. You know, he's like Clemson. <laughs> when, right, when, when are you going to like narrow your list, and when will you make a decision? Uh, I'm gonna start narrowing narrowing it down uh, after the season. After the season's okay. over, you got any visit schedule coming up? Uh, I'm going to Carolina this weekend for a game. Okay. And will you graduate early, like next next January, and go to school early? Or you stay home? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Why is that I'm such a big deal for kids now? Everybody's doing that now. Uh, to really only only a few are allowed to do it. You have to be good enough to do it. <laughs> it's like all the well, I say all the elite guys are doing it. I guess what I'm yeah, the elite guys they get a whole they get a whole semester of learning the system. It's like it's like having a free year, like because that spring it's not like our spring practice. Their spring practice in college is like heavy duty. It's getting after it. It's like a half a season. Yeah. You know, so they learn a ton, so they go into the summer. And all of a sudden, they take summer classes as well. Now they can graduate. They can go to the NFL after their junior year, and they already have their degree. So it kind of works out perfectly. That's why. Right, well, well, Christian, when you get to the league, you got to come back and do another interview with us. Don't big time us when you get to the league. You make it I got you. Right. I'm not Hollywood, I promise you. All right. All right here we go. We're going to do the game show. We got to play the Sam's little guns. We'll come back on the backside with some questions. Brother, I'm not MJ, just Coach Griner. But I'm the goat of the game show. Don't be intimidated, right. Christian. I'm not. <laughs> All right, Christian, you are the away team. You have to go first. Dale's on the question. It's on your screen. Go ahead, Dale. Okay. Who just got rave reviews for her performance hosting Saturday Night Live? A, Nicki Minaj. B, Kim Kardashian West. C, Issa Ray. D, Kristen Wiig. All right, Christian, what you got? Who is it? Kim Kardashian. All right, Samuel. <laughs> I don't think it's Kim Kardashian. I'm going to go C. 
You should have gone B, Samuel. You were down, sir. That's fine. That's fine. Down. Kim Kardashian. Wow, she got rave reviews for the performance on on Saturday Night Live. I didn't see it, but I saw all the on Twitter the next day. It was going nuts. Um, yeah. Uh, so these boys don't do well. I think began. Question two. Keep him down, Christian. Here we go, Chelsea. All right. Saturday, Florida State whipped UNC. Which player had the most yards rushing in the game? A. Sam Howell, UNC. B. Jordan Travis, SFU. C. Treshawn Ward, FSU. Or D. Ty Chandler, UNC. Samuel. Uh, answer is C. B. Jordan Travis. What you got? No, uh, no, no, no. C. C. Treshawn Ward. Yeah. All right, what you got, Christian? Uh, Sam Howell. Sam Howell, the answer, ladies and gentlemen, was Jordan Travis at 121 yards, Sam Howell at 108. So we are still one one up for the, the visiting team, Sam. You're still in the hole. Yeah. Here comes the question I have no clue about, another pop culture question. <laughs> don't, be, don't be so sure. Don't be so sure. Because you're always trying to outguess me, so maybe I'll guess you. Yeah, let's go. Hickory Ridge coach Jupiter Wilson played at UNC from 99 through 04. Which coach did he not play for? A, John Bunning. B, Mac Brown. C, Carl Torbush. D, Larry Fedora. Christian, what you got? I'm sorry, coach, but um, B? B, Mac Brown. What you got, Samuel? As a head coach, right? As a head coach. Uh, D, Larry Fedora. D, Larry Fedora. The answer is B or D, so you both got it right. He played for John Bunting and he played for Carl Torbush. I called well, him. Matt Brown him. recruited him, so he Mac had Brown didn't recruit him. He, that. He, he left. Yep, he left. No, 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 no. Mac Brown recruited him. That's a part, that's part of being coached by him. No, no, no. So you got to play for him. Oh, my God. So you get you got you got the question right, and you still want more. Arguing. What else do you want? What else do you want? <laughs> my question was more right than his. No, There's you're still no you're still you're still in the hole and you're running out of time. Chelsea, let's go. All right. Top four network shows in America last week was all NFL based. What was the number one scripted reality show? A NCIS, B FBI, C The Voice, or D Chicago Fire? Samuel. Whew. I'm going to go see The Voice. See The Voice. Christian, what you got? D. D, Chicago Fire. The answer is NCIS. So going into the last question, Christian, you are up. Sam is dormant. I can't get one right. <laughs> That's such a huge show, too. Come on, guys. Christian, I, I really, really, really need you to get oh, that. Why? Answer, right? I don't like TV during football season. Christian, please get it. Christian, please get his answer right. <laughs> Here we go. go. Damn. I'm sorry. I just saw down in the chat. Cowboys were number one. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Don't God. get Gary started. Okay. He's, he's what, former, <laughs> what former NBA star is playing for the North Carolina A&T golf team right now? A. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Alan Iverson. B. J.R. Smith. C. J.J. Reddick. D. Reggie Miller. Christian. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. What are you guys saying? Ali. According to the that's the easiest question in the world. What's the answer? Unbelievable. Can we you give him an easy question to guarantee? What's the answer, fam? It's J.R. Smith. Everybody knows that. Okay, but I didn't know that he was going to be leading you on up. He, 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 no, no, he knew that easily. He knew that easily. That's all right. I gotta that's all right. Good job, Good job, I gotta get more Hickey Ridge kids on the show because every time no, I get Hickey Ridge kids on the you lose every time. You see, you got that W. You see, you got that W for you, Sam. That first one, that first one hurt me, though. Yeah, first one hurt me. No, I love it. I love it. We you should have noticed how quickly he jumped on that. No, I, I thought you about that. Knew knew I honestly thought about that. I was like, man, he he jumped right on that one. But I was like, he, he knew that man. one. <laughs> yes, he did. Damn. Yes, did you did. guess on the first the question? Frozen like me. Oh, I, I just oh, he's not frozen. See, he just guessed. Wow, that was confidence. Just okay, well, Christian, man, thanks for coming on. Best of luck to you. Um, please come on. You know, as you get close to your decisions, let's figure out what you're doing. Yes, sir. Thank you. Good seeing you, brother. Take care. That's uh, Christian Hamilton. It's like a really good kid. Um, he uh, is. He's a real good kid. It's. Uh, I'm looking. It's time for Chris's corner. And it's Sam. It's Sam. Dang, I can't even see. It's Grace, Alex, and and Chris. So let me find. Where's Grace? We haven't seen Grace all night. It's Grace. There he is. <laughs> I'm about to say, if he didn't show up today after last week, I came off. Boy, I would have hunt him I'm down. I'm always here, baby. I'm always. I would have hunt him down. <laughs> How you gonna get the call if you ain't on? <laughs> Sam, Sam, got a little oh, message for you. Got a little oh. message for you, Sam. A little message. Hey, I do that because I love them kids. I still um, love them kids. That's no, no, all. You, you love just, to dance and brag and, and flex your muscles when you, when you win. No, y'all just replaying that, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just like them kids. I still I still got a heart for them. I want them to do so well. I uh, I've been around them. I mean, I watched him all the way through middle school, you know, right down the street, and I, I, I was so impressed. I mean, him and Trey Green were supposed to come – to me, the next year, Trey Green and the team you would have had. I know. Trey Green is a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. I mean, people don't know how good a basketball football player he, he is. He's no, he. I think he. I think he's a Division One corner. Yeah. I mean, he's a power five basketball player. That's for sure. Yeah, he's big time. I mean, and and the thing about basketball is going to trump football if you're that good at it right. because they see your face. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Unless you play quarterback. All right, it's time for Chris's Corner. I had to dig up the theme music, and uh, Chris is going to break down the rankings. Here we go. Mute. Well, Chris, that sounded like a good intro, too. He was like, oh, he was Sorry about that, bro. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen that intro. But yeah, I need to take myself off mute and get myself in there. But uh, yeah, we'll, like Langston said, we're going to break down the 
the top-ranked teams here for North Carolina. Uh, let's see which way we're going to start. We're going to start with the 1A, uh, looking right there. Eastern Randolph stays on top, 6-0. and uh, Tarboro right there with them. Mount Airy. Mount Airy's looking solid, guys. I think that, you know, Mount Airy is a team you certainly got to watch coming towards the playoffs. Thomasville as well. They seem to be getting right at the right time. North side there in Eastern North Carolina, you know, they took Murphy to the brink of winning that championship in that spring game. I had a big win in the Anchor Bowl Friday night. They're doing well. Andrews uh, fell, you know, they were fourth or they uh, fifth. They fell a few spots, uh, falling to a close game to Swain County. Uh, Mitchell's right there in the mix. Murphy, obviously. Uh, Mountain Island Charter moving up. I watched some film on these guys this week. I, I know the competition is not quite where they played uh, a couple of these guys, like the Smoky Mountain Conference, but I'm not so sure this Mountain Island Charter team. I think that uh, Coach Washington has enough talent there in the in the, the mix to, to really – make a run in that 1A West title uh, playoff bracket. Any thoughts on that? I just oh, I thought I could hear what Grice sounding like a bull in a china shop just a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, someone's about to fall. I had to grab it real quick. Uh, but, no, I, I agree with you on Mountain Island Charter. I mean, I think they started rough. And, I mean, you know, kind of kind of been under the radar here. I think, what is it, three games in like almost a week there. So, not hard to shoot up the rankings when you get three wins in a week or a little over a week. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. No, we'll move guys on to the 2A rankings. Reedsville, uh, number one. They've been number one for years and years and years, it seems. Salisbury is right there with them. Jalen Walker, the, the Hornets just really seem to be surging as well. Only giving up um, one game this year in which they gave up points. Uh, so that defense has been phenomenal. Uh, Northeastern uh, continuing to get the job done in Northeastern North Carolina. They've played a good, tough non-conference schedule as well. Shelby, a huge 38-28 victory over Crest Friday night. I thought that was a statement win and a non-conference situation to propel them into the playoffs. Uh, Whiteville's getting done. Hendersonville um, is is phenomenal at scoring points. Wallace Rose Hill as well. Uh, Wallace Rose Hill, St. Paul's, and Princeton are three teams just in eastern North Carolina uh, that should be really scary. Uh, St. Paul's is looking to cap off a big win tonight against Clinton. We know they're a 3A or 2A Eastern power as well. Alex, what do you think out of them 2A rankings? Uh, and the beat goes on. Reedsville, to be the man, you got to beat the man until somebody gets it done. They're there. Northeastern continuing, like you said, uh, very much so. Shelby right there once again. It's the same thing. And the, those three teams particularly, until somebody gets it done, there's no discussion. Yeah. So I think I think Shelby's ranked too low. I think they're they should be higher up. I think Shelby's one of the best. I think they they I think they beat Reedsville. It's not that I disagree with you, Sam, but you look at the, the the body of work that these other teams have put forth, and it's just hard. Who are you going to move? I mean, Salisbury is just absolutely dominant. So uh, Salisbury has played a team in the 3A or 4A and dominated them. There was a top five team because Crest was a top five team. Um, what's another team that they beat? Did they beat uh, Burns too? Did they, or No, they haven't played Burns. They didn't play um, Burns. They played someone else that was really good. Yeah, Shelby, Shelby's got uh, – and, and, and I'm going to tell you that answer right now uh, because, uh, you know, Shelby, they're 6-1. Uh, and one. Uh, They beat Kings Mountain. They beat A.C. Reynolds. Jeez. Lost to South Point. Uh, I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I'll give it to you. They've played a tough schedule. Uh, but they have not played a complete game yet, in my opinion, maybe until this win over Crest. I think that they're a team – uh, that was young at some spots and was growing in the right oh, direction. I, I know that I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs, uh, but again, um, they're, they're getting there, and I think that they're getting right at the right time. And, and that 
conference schedule and that non-conference schedule of teams they've played. Uh, that will serve them well here into the playoffs. Uh, but we'll move forward here to the 3A ranks. Sam, unfortunately, your, your Lions aren't there. I know uh, you're close. Um, just have a lot what? of teams. If you check out the rankings tomorrow morning, uh, you'll notice that you did not go down very far. I still think that you're very close here. Um, Scotland. Uh, I'll go ahead and make a statement. I ain't losing on no Nash team. You want to go ahead and write it in the books? Put it in there. Hey, I hope I hope that you have an opportunity to prove that right. If that is right, uh, you, you'll be playing in December uh, and, and more power to you if you get to that point. And, and I'll sit here and you know what? I'll I'll eat some Thai food or something or whatever that stuff, that grass food is that you eat. Uh, but you see, uh, 71st might be making a statement for number one tonight. They're up 26 to nothing as we speak on 4A uh, Southview. Uh, Kings Mountain, obviously, you see what they're doing. Jacksonville, uh, J.B. Hunt State, so had a big win, 56-7. They're still undefeated. Uh, Southern Ash, Northern Ash are really good. Uh, Central Davidson, uh, they they just seem to rush for about 1,000 yards a game uh, with that offense that uh, they're running. Uh, they have just put up some phenomenal numbers um, and, and just continue to get better each week. Uh, any thoughts? Man, you nope. hey, Griner there. I mean, he was the number one team in 4A. He's out of there. But, but no, Griner, I, I, I'm going to say this right now. You look at those top four or five teams in 3A, you got to bring your hard hat. Your QB is going to play that game of his life. He need that seven-touchdown game going against that Dudley defensive line. So I'm ready to see what you can do, but this 3A top five is stacked. So, Jacksonville, tell me something about Jacksonville. Uh, Josh Benton, great quarterback, can run the ball, throw the ball. Uh, he is really good. He, I think he could start for just about any team in North Carolina. They're really strong. Uh, had that beat Newburn. We know how good Newburn is. Had that yeah. slip-up loss two days later to Greenville Rose. Greenville Rose, by the way, has won five games after playing like Florida State and Notre Dame in the first three or four weeks. Uh, I mean, all those teams down there in eastern North Carolina are really good. Well, I'm going to send a text message out to my team. We're about to go hit the weights real quick after this all show. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Game. So we have a game rankings here real quick. No surprise, no surprise, Huff number one. Uh, Chambers right there with them. Cleveland, Grimsley, Northern Guilford. Uh, a few of those teams. Northern Guilford and Grimsley will be on a collision course here in a couple of weeks. That would be a good game. Uh, Myers Park, obviously, has just continued to be in the mix, as is Cardinal Gibbons. Newburn gets better each week. Uh, they hunt 70 on uh, South Central Friday night. Uh, East for Scythe, uh, they, they put 73 on Parkland last night. Uh, and then Richmond County. Uh, Richmond County is up 44 nothing mid-second quarter a few minutes last time I looked playing Southern Lee tonight. Uh, so they'll advance. Uh, Grisa, what do you see? I mean, I call it's the fight club for a reason. I mean, no Butler, big game against Catholic, no Catholic. I mean, we could go through the line. Weddington's a team you don't want to see in the second round, 4A. We could go down the line. West Forsyth, you know, they're, they're going to be a tough out. Reagan has played extremely well. I mean, there are probably 15 teams I could name that are not in this list that have been, you know, in the game with a lot of these teams here or teams that they could really upset one of these teams. I mean, I wouldn't want to be Chambers going to face, one, you know, one of those teams in the second, third round or just hungry, battle-tested. I mean, we could see a Chambers-Butler second or third round game. And I mean, to me, that's insanity, What you know, with this division and everything. But it's also what makes it great from a neutral perspective. Yeah, and Grace, I really think the 4A is about 52 to 53 teams deep. But I could go all the way down to the 53rd team on my list, and it would be a really strong football team that you would not want to have to line up and play here in the uh, first or second round. Alex, uh, I'll let you jump in. 
Well, I'm listening to everyone talk about these high scoring games that we saw this past Friday. It's also important that we give a shout out to teams who got on D last Friday. As a matter of fact, that would be the Cardinal Gibbons Crusaders with a three point um, allowance, uh, the 13 3 win, and a very impressive defensive performance over Leesville Road High School. Leesville Road's lowest offensive output in five plus seasons. And as we talked about last week, I will be a game of making plays and the playmakers would rise and the playmakers that rose in that game were on the Cardinal Gibbons defense led by uh, defensive coordinator Nick Drew, who is uh, one of the premier defensive coordinators in the state. His unit had 12 tackles for loss last week against Leesville Road, 12 tackles for loss, four different players with at least two tackles for loss. Two big quarterback sacks and a big interception on Leesville Road's last three possessions. And I'd also like to point out that Will Mason, the young man whom Chelsea Sipple interviewed on this program last week, was crowned homecoming queen. Homecoming Gee. king. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> homecoming king. I'm, I'm sorry. Was, was crowned homecoming king and had a huge touchdown saving tackle last week in that big game. So once again, get on D. All these offensive scores, but uh, much love to the Cardinal Gibbons defense and defensive coordinator Nick Drew and his unit with 12 tackles for loss. We talked about it last week. So, yes, I was able to come back on the show this week and talk about teams that get on deep. Now, you're absolutely right. And I watched that game on the high school network, and, and Gibbons played a phenomenal game on defense, as did Leesville Road. Leesville Road, if you check out the rankings tomorrow morning, they didn't drop far either. Uh, I think they're still a very solid team. What Coach Colstad's done there uh, since he moved over from Sanderson has really elevated that program as evidence we're taking them to the state championship game uh, here a year or so ago. Uh, so, no, I think that, uh, that those are two phenomenal programs in the East. Uh, there's some also some teams uh, that's on the rise that I've kind of kept my eyes on that we'll, we'll continue to track there. Um, and, um, man, that's about it, uh, Alex. All right. Well, now we wrap it up here which lets us do what we've all waited for. We're going to North Carolina's favorite segment. That's none other than 60 Seconds with Chris. All right, guys. Hello, everybody. Chris Hughes coming to you, the guru of high school football, and this is another 60 seconds with Chris. I may go a little bit over 60 today, but it's okay. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, before we give away some gurus game balls, I want to tell you where I was wrong. Before the season, uh, you know, I just didn't think that the Pinecrest Patriots were going to be able to maintain the same level of intensity they had before. New coaching staying coaching change. Robert Curtin comes in and takes over for the departed uh, Chris Metzger, but boy, was I wrong. Uh, so that's the first game ball I'm giving away. Coach Robert Curtin, the entire offensive, the defensive line, a running back Xavier Dowd rushed for 180 yards, nine yards, by the way, and a big win over Lee County. All of you guys, you're getting a game ball. I was wrong. You guys are a daggum good football team, uh, so you're getting a game ball. Uh, second, Jack Curtis, the quarterback. Hey, he's got that great arm. Um, Arthur Kell High School, they beat 
South Mecklenburg, 21 to 17 Friday night, ambushed them right from the start, got up early. Jack Curtis threw for two touchdowns, rushed for another one. Uh, he is certainly a player on the rise. Uh, so, Jack Curtis, we're watching you. Great job. You're going to get a Guru's game ball. John Willett, Reagan High School, rushed for 168 yards and two touchdowns in a very physical, highly contested game against West Forsyth High School. Uh, the Reagan Raiders, uh, they're a very good team. I'm telling you guys, they've played everybody. Myers Park, they've played them. Grimsley almost beat them. They've played them. West Forsyth, hey, you saw them win a close one 15 to nine Friday night. John Gillette, you're gonna get a Guru's game ball as well. Uh, Gabe Willard, uh, Swain County running back, they played a tough game against 1A Power Andrews. That's a Smoky Mountain Conference rival. Went there and beat them at 160. Two yards and three touchdowns in the game. Uh, you're going to get a, a Guru's game ball. And then let's go down to the far eastern side of North Carolina, Northside Pinetown. Let's not forget, Northside took Murphy to the brink of winning the state championship. Murphy prevailed, but Northside, they're right so back they're there right back this year. Back that is a year. very, is a very good team. They are a phenomenal football team. So Mitch Godley and Marcus Clayton, two running backs. They were phenomenal in their win Monday night. The anchor ball, who also was 5-0, by the way. Big win. Big win. So you guys, Northside High School, you're going to get a great job, everybody. Hey, Friday night, the biggest rivalry game in the state of Carolina. He's got Pisca, Pisca, over to Willen over to Weatherly Stadium in Tuscola. That is the big time matchup. Guys, if you're a fan of high school football, that is a bucket list kind of game. You got to get there. There's going to be thousands and thousands of fans there. And by the way, one lucky winner is going to walk away with maybe $15,000 to tap them for. Go there. Support those programs, especially that camp program. They struggled. I had some great tragedies in the club. Uh, so go check them out. That is the biggest game, the Hayden County Football Championship. Oh, and there's about uh, that's it. Google's game balls, 30 seconds or 60 seconds. Like Chris, it's more like anyway, guys. Anyway, guys, another week of high school football in this week, nine this week. Go out to Fort Jolope Team. We'll catch you next week. That was like a rapper, though. I promise I didn't record it that way. Oh, man. No, you know, your segment is always good, man. That's. Fastest segment, greatest segment uh, on our on here. Let's uh, go to one of our, another one of our favorite segments here. Chelsea's Chelsea's world. Yeah, do we have music here? Uh, yeah. Oh, let's get that going. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chelsea Sipple from Talking Prep Charlotte, and here I have class of 2022 linebacker Xavier Coulter from Newton Conover High School to a class. So Xavier, first I want to start off by discussing last week's game against West Lincoln, which actually went into overtime. Kind of discuss the team's performance, your performance, and that matchup overall. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it was a, a nice little overtime thriller, but uh, and we weren't able to come up with the win, but um, our, our defense played phenomenal. Um, we knew that uh, West Lincoln had a, a great player in uh, Mason Avery, who I think is their, their running back. And uh, before coming into the game, he was averaging like close to 150, 200 yards rushing the game. So we just knew that we had a key on him. And I think that we did a pretty good job for that, uh, job about that, stuff like that. And then uh, my performance, you know, I, I just tried to key it on that uh, all night and every other um, 
option or anything like, like that they had. And I, I ended up with like 17 tackles total. So I'm just really blessed to able to just to put that out there, even though we didn't get the win. But yeah. Yeah, well, what a great performance you had. And looking at your schedule, I know you guys have three regular conference games left. This is also your senior year. So with those three yeah. games left, how do you really want to close out the season? And how do you guys prepare for those games? Well, obviously, you know, yeah, you're 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 right on it. Um, senior year, I'm just trying to go out with a bang, I guess. Um, try to come out with, with three straight wins to uh, in my senior season off with a, a winning record. And we're going to try to prepare as hard as we can for those three games because uh, all those three games are, are not going to be – we have uh, Bandy's Bunker Hill main, as you said. So we just got to come in and, and, and just keep fighting and see what happens. For sure. And, again, emphasis on your senior year. Um, kind of looking back at your past career in high school football, what's one game that really stands out to you, you know, maybe as a significant performance, a team win, whatever? Um, that's a great question. I'd probably say, honestly, I'd probably say my, my past game this year versus uh, East Burt High School, uh, that game I put up like 13 tackles, and I had uh, my first uh, career interception and a uh, touchdown too. That's uh, awesome. So I just wanted to – and I, ch I chose that because I think that is one game, like one aspect of my game that I just want college coaches to uh, really look at is uh, I know that I could come down here and make tackles and fill in gaps, you know, but – just showing that I could cover as well and, and play good and out in the open space and cover running backs at the backfield as well. Awesome. And kind of highlighting some of your accomplishments, you know, just going through your high school career, what are some of your most major accomplishments as a student athlete? I'll probably say being being blessed to make a first team all state my junior year. And then I'll probably say making second team my sophomore year because my, my, my sophomore year, that was my first time ever playing full varsity. and I believe in myself, but just to be able to be blessed with that accomplishment with all all other guys across the stage, just a huge blessing for me at uh, that that point in time. That's great. And Xavier, and to those who don't know you as an athlete, how would you describe your work ethic, you know, yourself as an athlete on the field? Uh, I think my work ethic uh, is just, I think it's pretty great for, for a, a kid my age because I don't think mm -hmm. a lot of kids can be able to say that they have like a, a true great work ethic. You know, so I'm just blessed to be able to uh, say that I, that I actually have that. And on the field, I think that one trait that comes up the most is just my ability to to interpret plays. Um, me, obviously, I'm not, you know, like your typical 6'2", six, 6'3", six, linebacker, so I'm a little undersized at the position. But I think that my my mental and, and my study of the game really makes it for that, and I think that you can tell that on film. Awesome. And, you know, following that for your high school overall, your program, to those who don't know Newton Conover High School, you know, what's the culture like there for your football team? Uh, it's a great culture. You know, uh, obviously not, not not every team is perfect. So we have our little kinks and stuff like that. But Newton Conover, it's, it's a small school, uh, two ways. So everybody knows everybody. And, and you can really just feel the love of, of the coach and everything like that as soon as you really just, just walk into place. And that extends further than just the football field. For sure. Well, Xavion, thank you so much for hopping on this interview. You know, I really like to see how the rest of those games close out. And best of luck on your senior season. All right, uh, Chelsea, great job. Uh, Grace kind of cut you off when we went in there. I was hoping that you would kind of introduce your your guest. Uh, but how um, how um, 
How, how, how's it going? How are you enjoying the interviews? I mean, you seem to be really getting better from week to week. Uh, I'm enjoying watching. Of course, I get to work with you twice a week, so that's a win for me. Uh, but just tell us how it's going, how guys can get in touch with you, and, and, and just um, a little bit like that. Well, thank you, Chris. You know, I love seeing, like, in my Twitter DMs, we have parents, coaches, athletes reaching out for these features. And to anyone watching, if you want to feature, I know Sam kind of made a joke about this last week, how my DMs are open. But um, – my Twitter direct messages are open to any athlete. Just message me saying that you want to be featured. And I'd love to set up something where you can share your story, you know, shout out your football team and, you know, showcase yourself as an athlete. My Twitter is at Chelsea Sipple. All right. Um, awesome. All right, man. Um, I thought we had a comment was going to flash up there. I don't see it right now. Uh, but anyway, um, here we go. Uh, Naranta Howard. I know, I know coach down there very well. Um, Aron Harry, Newburn, 96-yard kickoff, touchdown, 70-yard punt return, 50-plus-yard reception rushing all in the first half. That is in a 70-point victory over South uh, South um, South Central uh, Friday night. Um, I'm telling yep. you, um, That's incredible. Yep. I think we're going to talk about him a little bit more here in the um, in, in the Mr. Football point. He is certainly in the mix of that. Uh, but, man, yep. one, one time, what do you think about it, Grace? Oh my goodness! I mean, again, it's you know, as a guy we have, and we've had in our top five, I want to say, in our Mister Football rankings so far, had it for many weeks now, and again, he's doing everything that you know that he can to continue to stay there. Has not faltered even when other guys have had kind of iffy performances. You know, been a guy that's been on our radar, so not surprised there at all. Glad you know, glad they continue to point that out. But again, he's a guy you've had me on him since the beginning of the year, so I don't think it's a guy you know we've overlooked. But big ups, man! I got told him I think they played a couple weeks ago, actually. I was like South Central. That's not the one in LA. Uh, maybe they might have wished it had. The score might have been a little closer, but that was a great performance by a great running back. All right, my man. Uh, yeah, uh, Harry. Harry has been phenomenal all year long. He is certainly not under the radar. Um, great interview with Xavion. Thanks for you, do. Uh, thank you, Mr. Coulter. Uh, and and again, Chelsea. Uh, all the kudos kudos in the world to her. Uh, she she handles two different shows she does a week on top of her athletics and uh, her academics at the same time. Uh, so uh, we couldn't do the show without Chelsea. I enjoy watching her grow, as we did with Kinsey as well last year. Oh, and, and luckily for us, Chelsea's only a junior. We should get her another year. Uh, but anyway, Grice, what time is it? Hey, it's time for all those who ball to see who really got the call this week. Let's drop that Grice's gym. All right, my man, Coach Grice, here we are, another week, another week in the books. Grice's gym's coming at you hard and heavy, as you as you like to say. Uh, you ball, give us a call, hit us up on hashtag Grice Gyms. But, man, uh, what do you think? This season's moving right along. Oh, it is. And I think one of the things, we keep seeing these dominant performances. I mean, you got guys out here fighting for conference position, fighting for, you know, as you're starting to wrangle those, you know, top teams in the state and figure out who's one, who's two, and who's three. Guys are going out there and showing you, hey, I'm better than this guy that you guys have talked about, and I'm going to show it. And I think Grice's Gems exemplifies that. Yeah, You know, we try to mix it up a little bit and not put the same guys in week after week, although some guys have balled to the extreme that they probably deserve to be on this list, list week to week. Uh, but we're going to start right there at the top. This is certainly a, a young man who has hit the highlights several times uh, in his career up there at Grinsley High School. Uh, quarterback Alonzo Barnett threw five touchdowns, ran for another one Friday in a big win over Ragsdale. What do we see out of him, Coach? 
I mean, it's consistency. I mean, that's why he's – I think he's now three-time Grace's Jim alum. You know, when you're sitting out here putting five, six touchdowns against teams, you're doing it throughout the season. This is a 7-0 Grimsley team that is continuing to show, even here on senior night, that they're one of the best in the state in 4A. Um, you know, Barnett's been consistent this year. 19 touchdowns, no interceptions, with 1,500 yards passing and another almost 300 yards on the ground. This guy has continued to show why he's one of the best quarterbacks in the state and a guy you always got to watch out for. So no shame in a guy that's continuing to, to ball, continuing to do everything. We're Hey, we're not picky here. You're going to continue to do that and execute it at a high level. No problem giving you the call. We did that for Barnett again. Great job. Yep. Uh, hey, by the way, I know you're a 336 guy. Uh, he he took him to the state championship game last year. Uh, obviously, there's no subdivided playoffs this year. Do you think he's got what it takes to get Grimsley back there again in December? Whoo, it's the fight club. You know, I always call that 4A there. It's going to be tough. I mean, you know, one thing I think it depends on, you know, how it shakes out. But again, if Grimsley is going to go there, I can say for sure, it's going to absolutely be because of him. Without a doubt, I agree 100% on that one. Uh, let's look at this next young man, uh, Jason Chambers at Butler High School. Uh, he certainly put on a show in, the, in their victory Friday night against Rocky River. Uh, what do we see from this guy? I think versatility. We talk about this all the time at Grice's Gyms. I mean, it's a kid, you know, came from Huff, you know, but now here at Butler showing, you know, they had a tough start out here. Um, ended up being 39 to 8, but it was very close in the first half. He's one of the reasons that, bro you know, broke this game apart. I mean, having five catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. Additionally, two big kickoff returns for 105 yards. One touchdown that I think was the pivotal thing that kind of really broke this game open for this uh, Butler team. You know, additional punt returns. He's doing it a lot. I mean, again, I think, you know, he got to this Grice's gym position, but even last week against East Mac, you got had a punt return for a touchdown and you had two catches for 87 yards, two touchdowns. This guy's been emerging, and there's one guy that we thought maybe he'd be a fresh face, but but continuing the ball and doing great things in the game and being that pivotal reason to turn the tide against a tough Rocky River team, you got to get the call. And I, I'm happy to, to know Jason Chambers from Butler is a guy on our Grice's Gyms. Yeah, absolutely. Rocky River is a very good team, very well coached. By the way, I know I'm old school, but I love those stripes down the pants of Butler. I just I love oh, that. Yeah. Brings back the 80s and 90s in me. Anyway, let's move down the list. Let's go up to the capital city. Uh, Raleigh, big game Friday night where Millbrook went in and beat uh, another Raleigh power, Rollsville quarterback Mason Fortune. Uh, had another big year. Uh, he's had an incredible year, but let's talk a little bit about him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it was one game, you know, we called this hilarious on the show where I asked Alex if he was going anywhere but Cardinal Gibbons. But I told him, I was like, this was a game that I, I thought would be just as good. And it was. Big reason of that is Mason Fortune here. This sophomore quarterback threw for 239 and five touchdowns. I repeat, five touchdowns against the 4AA uh, runner-up last year in Roseville. And again, big reason why they won in a 41-34 win. I mean, he's been killing it all year, 1,800 yards, dang, 24 touchdowns. I mean, he's a guy that's really been great for them. And again, in a matchup against two top-tier quarterbacks, he showed that, hey, I might be the better one, and I'm going to be the reason why we beat your team. And he did that, so I had to give him the call. I'm happy to give him the call. Look at that catch. Man, look at that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Move, that is incredible. Uh, Rollsville does have three tough losses, all three to big-time contenders on the road. Uh, I think I, I think that may bode well for Rollsville in rematches down the road, but makes and fortune, he looks really good. Uh, and that's a yeah. team uh, that we'll certainly have to keep our eyes on as they progress through the uh, 4A rankings and the 4A uh, playoffs here coming up next month. Uh, and also on the list here, let's go back to Concord at uh, Jalen Robinson High School. Davian uh, Hobbs uh, had a huge game on defense. Let's talk about that. Hey, Griner, you see what we got here? I got another defensive guy. Hey, we're going to call him. Hey, whether, whatever side of the ball that you ball on, we're going to make sure you get the call. Uh, again, you know, Friday night was one of those kind of rainy, gritty nights. You know, go go out and get to the country. You know you're going to have some some tough footing at some of these places, as it looks like here at uh, North Stanley. But had 11 and a half total tackles. I mean, just incredible here. And six sacks, you see, that is not – not a graphic that's that's written wrong. Links is not going to have to issue a retraction. That is six sacks against North Stanley here. That's some big time ball. And again, you know, you got this little muddy kind of uneven footing, but those defensive guys that can have a great get off and you have you know have a collection of moves are going to mess up those offensive linemen. And he seemed to overwhelm this offensive line here. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, a good coaching friend of mine was at that game, uh, and he said that North Stanley had to be the best two and five team that he's seen ever. I mean, he said that they're just a really, really good football team, and Robinson really had to kind of grit out a tough win. Uh, but it's those tough games like that and adverse conditions that really uh, seem to to show which players haven't, which ones don't. And Hobbs certainly has it. So. Uh, a good job to him. And finally, man, uh, how many times is this guy going to be on the show? Hollywood, uh, Dalen Smothers over there at Chambers. Oh, man, you eat uh, all the time. You ball, you get the call. I mean, kudos to him. Four touchdowns, Ooh. you know, old school. You know, they can, you know, routed them on, you know, ring ceremony night. He has 34 touchdowns for his career. And this, you know, surprisingly advanced slash Julius Chambers is a school record. And mind you, this kid has another two and a half years to play pretty much. So he is absolutely going to murder. He's going to shatter that record and put it in a place where I don't think anybody's going to get it. It's going to be like that top shelf over your fridge where only the tallest guys can get it. So I'm glad to have him on here just as a ceremonial thing for this, you know, this major accomplishment by him. Going to be one of the best running backs that we've ever had in this area ever. And we've had a lot of great running backs. But, you know, you you like to see some of the little things you have here. You see he's here on kickoff. Not a guy that takes it off. He's not a guy that's going to sit this out and say, I'm going to go do something else. He wants to make sure, hey, I just scored that touchdown. Let me go help set up my defense in the right place. So, Heck yeah, calls, man. This is a long phone call. This is a this is a long-distance phone call, uh, Guru. He set a major record here, and we've got to highlight that. I'm glad we have him on here. Man, I had to stop you there right there. Getting back on kick rock, kickoff team, how yeah. many of your biggest stars even feel like that, that that's beneath them? That they No, man, I ain't getting on kickoff team. The boy got on kickoff team. Uh, that first cut I saw him make was just electric. It was like some Reggie Bush stuff right there. Uh, oh, yeah. Goodness. You know, I know that he is not utilized quite the same way that he that he may have in the past. You know, Chambers has so many weapons and, you know, they throw it to him and they throw it to other people. So, you know, he's not always that feature back. So he doesn't always have those numbers. Uh, but when he gets that opportunity, boy, he lights it up. 
Oh, definitely. And I mean, you know, we took a little long with him and I think it was, you know, for, you know, for a good reason, you know, we want to make sure we give guys flowers when they're here. We want to give guys great, you know, that time for their accomplishments and Hollywood, man, you are reigning Mr. Football, man. Great job. I want to make sure to give extra time because you balled and you've been balling since you come out here at this high school level. We had to give you a long distance call this week for that. But hey, again, if you want to reach us, you know, want to be a Grice's gym, think you had a great Friday night performance, uh, contact me at Coach J Grice, as you see there on the bottom, at uh, Guru Chris Hughes, at Langston Words Jr. Let us know. I appreciate everyone reaching out. And I think some people are starting to realize my six-catch, 99-yard, you know, and a touchdown may not cut it because we have some amazing performances from Dare to Cherokee in this state. But we're going to highlight you if you balled, especially now as we get in these big games. Show you're better than that guy in front of you. The way you can do it is to ball. So, Guru, always glad to do this with you. Man, can you believe another one's in the books? I enjoy doing this with you. Can you believe next week's going to be week 10? Woo! Uh, means big rivalry games are coming on. So uh, I can't yeah. wait for next week, but let's get through this week first. That was a good segment right there, boys. Yep. We got Alex muting himself again. <laughs> We good. Gary, take take it on. Take it on, Gary. All right. The rundown. Dale, what's the best game you saw this weekend? Hmm. I really enjoyed the game I saw Friday night. Hey, Friday's Audrey, Audrey Kell, uh, South Mac. That, that game uh, was – Close game, tale of uh, two tail, you know, two tails. Um, that was I, that was a great Friday night of uh, football for me. So I enjoyed that. I certainly didn't enjoy my game Sunday. So <laughs> get, get a little disappointed in my Panthers. How about you, Sam? What's the best one you saw this weekend? My favorite one was actually past the weekend, the Monday night game. I really enjoyed that watching. Lamar Jackson just played extremely well and everything was going against him. And he's this biggest critic on the sideline. I just I love the passion that kid plays with, man. Like it it blows my mind how much passion he bleeds football. Like he he is special. Very special. Yeah. I thought the Texas Oklahoma game was outstanding. You know, you got you got playing in the Cotton Bowl, the stadium is split right down the middle, 50-50. Texas jumped out on them, 28-7. Oklahoma kind of cuts in half, that lead at the half, and then they bring in the backup quarterback to replace the Heisman Trophy uh, favorite, Spencer Rattler, and the backup leads them to a come-behind win come from behind win against Texas. I thought that was – I'm going to be honest with you. I saw the Rattler kid in the uh, All-American game, okay, coaching in it, and I was not very impressed with him. I think that he was – I mean, he does some nice things, but he, I don't think he has that it factor. Like, you know, like we talked about Lamar Jackson and stuff, like, he don't have that it factor. Maybe the guy behind him does, and they need to reevaluate that, you know. All right, let's pick it up and keep going here. So uh, we're talking off these great college games. All right, we'll go um, quick hit, one person per go. Uh, so, Gary, four teams in the college football playoff where we stand right now. Who we got? 
Georgia. Who else? Oh, you, you want me to just take one team all four? All four. Go for it. Okay. Georgia, um, Alabama, Steele, um, Oklahoma, and usually that fourth team is, is a surprise. I'm going to go with uh, Oregon. They, they're the best uh, power five team outside the SEC and Big Ten I've seen. All right, we had to let Gary take that question because we couldn't let him talk NFL with the Cowboys. Go, we'd be here all night. So, uh, let's go. Let, let's go to Sam here. Sam, you want to explain to us what's wrong with the Chiefs? What's wrong with the Panthers? And and once again, to save us from, uh, I mean, Gary could enlighten us on UNC and what's wrong with them. But uh, the Chiefs, the Panthers, and the Tar Heels. What's wrong? Well, the Chiefs and the Panthers. Um, the Chiefs. First things wrong with them is their O line play is not very good right now. And it's affecting the way that they are able to sustain. They, they can't make up the ground they made up last year and the year before that because, believe it or not, Patrick Mahomes pay, gets paid a lot of money. So you don't get to pay everybody in your salary, you know, on your team like you've done the years before when he was on his rookie contract. And so the O-line is definitely suffering from that. Now he can't work his magic as much as he did in the past. Now, Panthers – Losing those guys on defense, uh, J.C. Horn is an elite corner, like I mean, elite corner. They're trying to regather that. Then you had one answer helps the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey. He's there. They win these last two games. Um, they'd be We'd be talking about them as one of the best teams in the NFL if Christian McCaffrey played the last two games. So both of them are okay. Chiefs need to fix a little bit of the O-line play. Tar Heels. It's a disaster right now. Um, it's a dumpster fire. I mean, a lot, a lot of stuff going on right there, and I don't know how to fix it, to be honest with you. I, I see when I watch them, I feel like there's no intermediate throws. There's nothing – they have no – it's either chunking and throw it deep or, you know, quick, quick bubble screen or something of that nature, and they don't have anything else – down the field that can help them get bigger chunks. They're remember the the risk of high, throwing a ball really really far. The the risk is you don't catch the ball. It's like what called like seventeen percent of the time. Or I forget what the number is. It's something of that nature. But you're going to be punting the football a lot, and the defense is suffering. I think that uh, Power Eccles was a pretty special player, but uh, he ain't making up the whole defense. Well, let me let me chime in on that right quick. I think the biggest problem with Carolina is their defense. Um, they only lost one starter from a team that was supposed to be too deep, and they look like the same defense they were two years ago, three years ago. And to me, it's either coaching or you got the wrong guys out there. And to me, I think they got the wrong guys. Sam just mentioned Power Eccles. He got ejected on Friday for targeting – I mean Saturday for targeting – but he is definitely better than what they're playing now. And a lot of those young kids that are four and five stars, they need to play now because the idea of winning the ACC state championship, ACC championship, whatever championship Mac Brown invents in his head is over. Play the young guys. Well, I think uh, that state championship, man, Gary's harkening back to days past when Mac would talk about that. Uh, but we got some magic going with the way these questions are working here. So we're going to go back to Gary here. 
Um, our good friend Kyrie Irving, speaking of uh, winning the state championship, UNC and Duke. Uh, Kyrie Irving won a Duke's own now with the new uh, the Brooklyn Nets. So I think we all know the uh, vaccination issue with Kyrie. So the Nets have dug in on this one. So what should they do, Gary? They should trade him. They should trade him. Send him somewhere where he can go walk off the flat earth or uh, <laughs> walk around with his sage and do a uh, some kind of uh, COVID dance or whatever it is that's going on in Kyrie's mind this week. But get rid of him. He's a nuisance. They can win without him. Hold your ground, Kyrie. Hold your ground, baby. Uh, I, 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 I think what, I think what Gary's talking about there is uh, what, what what I once heard in uh, Charlotte in the high school scene as uh, something called creating a distraction. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, let's. Oh, move. and for all these people out here to say, I got to do my research. Get you a micro um, a microscope. Get you a lab. Get you a lab coat. Find your building. Get you some data and do your research. Doing research ain't hitting Google. All right. Well, we'll do some research from Dale right now. Uh, Dale, how big of a blow was that Archer Kale loss to South Mecklenburg? That's probably the best thing that could have happened to him. Uh, they came in, They came out in that game, I think, too confident. Um, it was it was kind of funny actually to see the Ardry Kell players' response to the way they came out, and I'm not talking about the play. I'm talking about how they actually entered onto the field. Uh, I think they needed that loss, and it's a it's something that they can rebound, uh, they can build off of, and they can rebound from. They're a very good team. They got shell shocked in that first uh, quarter, uh, so I, I don't think it's a, a devastating loss uh, at all. I think it's a Actually, a good thing for him. So, who who technically lost that question? It looked, or the statement looked a little funky. I thought the South Mech lost. Is that correct? They did. Okay, that's what I was. That's what I thought. But the way the question was, I was like, did Audrey Kell lose? I, I was confused. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, keep on moving ahead here. Let's go to fresh faces. All right, my man Grice, it's another week in the books, high school football. Who can believe we're heading into week nine? Fresh faces. What do you think? I can't believe it. I mean, you know, it's but it's still cool that we're, you know, this fresh face segment. A lot of guys are showing standout performances. Even in this point in the season, we've got to show you guys, we've got to make sure you take a look. And if they're stamped by the guru himself, Chris Hughes, you know there's someone you need to take a look at. All right, man. With this first fresh face, I'm gonna I, I like him a lot. Defensive back out of Chambers High School, sophomore Rondell Carter. I like that good football name, by the way, Rondell Carter. I just he he sounds like he's gonna have an NFL career one day. Uh, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Look at the film. Tell me what you think, Coach. 
Oh man, he's a great, great football name, great kid. He, he's not a fresh face to me as uh, you know, I, I coach him on our seven on seven team. But you know, Coach Akers and Coach Cannon, you know, the defensive coaches there really are big on this kid. Again, he does a lot, has a lot of great performances. And you see the, the chamber schedule, top talent again. He's facing Huff, he's facing teams like Cardinal Gibbons, you know, facing the, the Highland Springs team up in Virginia. He's doing great, and, and he's a guy that they put on these top targets, and he has had only two passes completed completed against his targets and allowed zero touchdowns. Touchdowns. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, fits into that Chambers mold of an athletic, you know, tough defensive back and a guy that's going to make sure, hey, if you're on his side of the ball, he's going to ensure that he blankets you like a, like a blanket. He's going to make sure you get nothing. Yeah, he's certainly playing against top tier competition week to week. So I, I think that that certainly increases his value. Uh, to college coaches. So, uh, uh, yeah, we're going to see him for two more years, certainly tear it up, and they've certainly got a playoff run as well. Uh, this next guy, uh, we're going to go to Eastern North Carolina, Johnston County, Smithfield Selma High School, uh, Isaiah Dawson. Uh, his coach, and I to give you a little bit of a background, head coach Deron Donald of South of Smithfield Selma and I coached together at Douglas Bird. He's played Arena League. He's coached for a long time, got some college experience. And he tells me that this young man right here, this receiver, has next-level ability. Uh, you can just see him right here already getting a lot of interest from some schools. I think he's got a chance to be pretty good. What do you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, one of the big things you hear, you see the blazing speed. I mean, guy, DB was there. He just ran right by him. Anytime you see that on a highlight, that lets you know immediately that this is a guy you need to watch and circle on your scouting report every week. You know, his size it says it's only 155, but he does a lot of things that seem to show like he's a lot bigger than that. I mean, you know, this is a kid that he's an outside receiver, so someone that's not afraid of catching a ball short. But also, I like when they have blocking highlights on the film. He's getting that guy out of the club and ensuring that his receiver has a lot of open grass before he gets touched. That's I love to see that with the receivers. Yeah, when you can visibly see on film a player gaining ground, just the acceleration level like he has – uh, you, you can tell that he's got just those next level jets to really get the job done. Uh, so, again, another one of those fresh faces that we'll keep our eyes on, Coach. Uh, this third guy that we're going to look at is right back here in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg oh, yeah. region. Uh, Sun Valley sophomore running back Tony McFadden had 204 yards, three touchdowns against Piedmont. Uh, that's big time numbers. Tell me about him, Coach. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you love to see that from a guy here. You know, at Sun Valley, of course, you know, going through a lot of issues with you know the head coach resigning abruptly uh, three weeks ago, showing you know themselves being on the good foot since that, that decision was made, and he's a big reason why. I mean, a high-volume, high-carry running back, even at a small stature, you see right here, he's not afraid to get in between the tackles, put that foot down, and get upfield to get big-time yards. And again, like you said, I didn't know what to expect, you know, of them, of course, after everything was going on, but we can clearly see right here that this guy's built for it, and he's going to be a guy you need to watch out for the rest of the year for some big-time numbers. Man, he gets through that first level and gets through those linebackers, and it's bye-bye. Uh, that guy's got some jets on him for real. Uh, so, uh, again, another one of these guys we'll keep an eye on. Uh, our final fresh face of the night, uh, we're going to go up to the northeastern part of the state, Elizabeth City Northeastern High School, uh, and Shamar Sutton, uh, a receiver, junior receiver, has 4.48 speed, 30 catches, seven touchdowns this season. Uh, his coach, Antonio Moore, said that he has a lot of what he sees of Josh Downs at Carolina on Saturdays. Oh, goodness. I mean, and again, we see the versatility here. He was able to take a punt return to the house, a guy where we clearly saw that 4.48 speed immediately there. We see him here on the stuttering go. He's a guy that can go get it. And when he catches that ball, he's taking that catch and he's getting more yards and a lot of times finding himself in the end zone. I don't feel bad for that DB. I think he knows what kind of speed that guy has and realized very quickly he can't match up with that. So that's some big play talent there from a guy up in the eastern part of the state 
that talent still is, is right there with a great coach and a great program. I love the animation on this video. Big dog yeah. status. Wolf, wolf. Uh, that DB, by the way, gave up 20 yards to go. Uh, I guess I guess you got to feel sorry for the DBs. Uh, he's got another year left, and I have a feeling uh, they're our third-ranked team in the 2A. They're going to make an extremely deep run. They may be in the state championship game for all Ooh. we know, uh, but we'll have to keep an eye on Northeastern. Definitely. I mean, we always have to. I mean, again, I swear, if it's not a freshwater, we got a Sutton right here that's making some big time plays. So I love when we get to highlight, you know, as we talk about from Dare to Cherokee, doesn't matter where you are. If you're putting big time numbers up, the guru is going to find you. We're going to make sure you're on fresh faces. All right. That does it. Uh, we'll catch you next week. It's time, our Mr. Football watch list here. So, we, you know, we've met, and here's our football watch list. What is this, Guru, week 10? Yeah, uh, week 10. Uh, can you believe it? Oh, coming up on week 10, um, season just seems to be flying by. All right, so here week we see. Week nine. My bad, yeah. yeah. You got it, Guru. I'll let you take this right here. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Dalen Smothers had that incredible performance Friday night uh, right there in the mix, uh, number one, Hampton, number two. I think those two are – uh, by far and away, the, the leaders in the clubhouse. Uh, Jalen Walker, incredible, freakish athlete. He's going to Georgia. Uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, he'll be making plays on Saturday. Uh, Aaron Her Ron Herring, uh, we talked about him in New Bern. Uh, Barnett had that big win Friday. Um, and then again, Monday night, or no, Friday, uh, my bad. Hudson's still there in the mix. James Pierce, again, another one of those freakish defensive linemen. Christian Hamilton, we had him on the show tonight. Jacob Newman, Fortune, Lucas Linhoff, um, Hamrick. You know, a lot of the same guys. And we do see Gavin Gosnell at Hendersonville. He is just putting up video game numbers against really good competition, too. Uh, if you go really dig deeper into that Hendersonville schedule, they've not played, you know, those typical sisters of the four. You might see some 1A or 2A teams play. Uh, Jaden Brooks, again, big-time numbers. Marquise McCombs uh, had a big win Friday, uh, 43-14. Uh, he had incredible numbers over uh, Brevard. And then Corey Kaslick, I mean, that guy just seems to be in a video game. Uh, I mean, he um, – he, he may be statistically the leading rusher in the state right now. I'm not sure he's right there in the mix, uh, but uh, some really good-looking athletes. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I think – even I think with Casey, like, I want to say he missed a game because I want to say his backup was a crisis gym one game. Yeah, he did. Uh, I mean, and his backup rushed for like 400 in that game. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, if he had that, he might have been somebody that, you know, could have been even higher. But, you know, I think with the top five here, I mean, we're starting to, to see some of that cream rise to the crop. Uh, the usual faces. We saw Herring's numbers get posted and, and the crazy, you know, Dante Hall, Devin Hester-ish, you know, stat line he had in one half. Um, against South Central. I mean, you see that there on the screen again. You got guys like that that are putting those kind of numbers up in the first half. I don't care who you're playing. You're going to be on this list. And, I mean, that's why he's, you know, been in the top five pretty much most of the year. Grinder, are we getting some defensive guys up there? I see some starting to creep in there. <laughs> yeah, they getting no love, man. Sorry. They make that money in the NFL, though. 
<laughs> All right. I uh, just want to let everybody know. So, you know, big news, big news, highlight it, you know, reggae air horn, whatever you need. We are cutting that list. So say goodbye to the Sweet 16. We're going down to the Dirty Dozen. That's right. There will be 12 guys on the list uh, starting the next Dirty week. Dozen, baby. Cutting them down. Got to cut it down. So we're getting to that point. And again, th- that 12 is not locked. So even if you're in a situation where you come out here and, and you know, give away a game and don't play well, we will find you and you might be off of our list. So guys can still play their way you know their way onto the list um you know the winners will be announced we've said that now the winners will be announced the week before the state championship game again as we've done before the three finalists will come on a live talking prep show on a tuesday where we will announce the winner so that's a big thing you want to get in that top three those guys that are kind of jockeying their way for position now's the time for your big performances so just want to let everybody know continue to ball because you're still going to be on there but we're cutting that list down to 12. Baker's dozen or I thought that was 13. I don't know. I know that's what I'm saying. All right, Jonathan. Sounds like a plan there. Thank you very much. That's Jonathan Grice, 336 made, 704 paid. And if you ball, you will get the call. And for those two reasons right there, by day and by night, the Grice is right. Let's go. All right, guys, Grice is right. Hey, Grice, we've got some big-time games uh, coming up Friday night. Uh, we're going to look at this list and, and look at some of them. Uh, you see there on the right side, Glenn and Mount Tabor. Mount Tabor lost a shootout to, to Davie County, Chambers and North Mac, East Gaston. I'm telling you, East Gaston is a team that is surging. I'm not sure if they're on Burns' level, but it's going to be a big game. Uh, West Forsyth at Davie. Uh, West and, and Reagan just had that killer game. Uh, we got Huff. Uh, we've got uh, Northeastern, uh, Northern Guilford and Page coming up. Page, by the way, has won four in a row. Uh, Washington, North Pitt. North Pitt's really surging at the right time in Eastern North Carolina. Uh, Providence Grove, New, uh, Eastern Randolph, Oak Grove at Ledford, uh, West Oaks at Reedsville. Uh, looking here, Monroe had a big win tonight, 49 to nothing over Anson County. Wallace Rose Hill at Kinston. Um, just kind of looking down the list, uh, but uh, I want to start right here. Butler at, at Charlotte Catholic, and, and Coach Griner, I'm going to send it to you. You're the Butler alum. What's your thoughts on this? <laughs> That's a tough game. I think Butler's heavily more talented than um, you know Catholic is. It's just Catholic is so well coached. They do a lot of good things on defense. You're going to have to win a low-scoring game. I don't think you'll see a big blowout win by uh, Butler. I think they'll have to win something like 20 to 14, something around there. That would be a high-scoring game if they can get 20 points. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's going to be a defensive-dominated game. I don't think many of us would, would disagree with that. Uh, Dale, uh, Charlotte Latin's going to Raven Gap. These are what I think to be the two top teams in the NCH, in CISSA, the, pre, the private school league. What do you think about this one? They are. Uh, Latin's uh, undefeated. Uh Raven Gap has beaten Christian, Country Day, and Christ School. Latin's beaten Christ School and uh, Charlotte Christian. But Raven Gap uh, won their games by two scores or more. So uh, Latin got to travel to uh, Raven Gap. I think it's going to be a tough ball game, but that's that's for tops in the conference right now and tops in private. Can't can't they, like, have guys that are, like, 19 years old on their team? Raven Gap, like I've heard. 
Alex might be able to answer that question because he's familiar with the NCISSA. I don't think you can at that particular level. Alex, am I correct? Actually, uh, yes, you can. And okay. just, just, to, just to clarify, and I'll answer this for both associations, it's a one-month differential. An NCISAA student-athlete is eligible so long as he or she is not 19 on or before August 1st. An NCHSAA student athlete is eligible so long as he or she is not 19 on or before August 31st. So we're talking about a one month differential right there. Well, great, great nugget right there, Alex. So we knew you would have that. Hey, Sam, uh, you've played Huff and Mallard Creek to this point. That's a big game uh, in the conference Friday. What do you think about that one? I think you've got a battle of some of the the best front seven team right there. I mean, Mallory Creek's front seven is phenomenal. Huff is probably the best uh, front seven team I've seen. You, you're talking about, I think it's going to be a little bit lower in score, lower lower scoring game. Um, I think Mallory Creek's got to make it a, you know, make it a hell game, turn the oven up, make it a dog fight, and uh, they'll have a chance. But Huff, Huff is pretty good. They're, they're the best team I've seen this year, obviously. And, um, we, we had a hard time with them and then we came clawing back at the end, but they're, they're really good. Yeah. Hey, Alex, uh, Millbrook is going to Wakefield. Uh, Millbrook had that big win Friday over Reed, uh, Rollsville. What do you think about this game? Well, several things. First off, Millbrook has done what it needed to do and that's win at home. They'll be on the road the rest of the way until the regular season finale when they welcome Wake Forest to Spring Forest Road, but they've won at home. But Millbrook's put itself in a position where it has to go on the road the next couple of weeks with Wakefield and Nightdale, both of which have two league losses already. And Millbrook's in a very favorable position. I think what we want to watch out for in this game, particularly, they're looking for two milestones. First off, Wesley Grimes, the star wide receiver who very well might make his way onto uh, the Heisman watch list in midseason because of what he's doing. He's 110 yards away from 1,000 receiving yards this season, and, and this is going to be his eighth game and 15 touchdowns already. Now, that uh, touchdown pace is ahead of Devontae Smith's Heisman campaign last year. The uh, yardage is pretty comparable. Uh, Devontae Smith had 903 receiving yards through seven games last season at Alabama. The other milestone is also on, uh, is, is for someone also on the uh, Heisman watch list, uh, Mason Fortune, the tremendous sophomore quarterback with 1,791 passing yards and 24 touchdowns to just one interception through seven games. So he should exceed 25 touchdowns and 2,000 passing yards this week. So, I mean, just great things to watch right there individually, but also Milbrook's in a great position team-wise, even on the road, because of that big win last week. Two road games against two two lost conference teams already. So Milbrook's in great shape. Wow. High efficiency passer right there for Fortune. That's the main reason he's on that Mr. Football list. Uh, great insight right there, Alex. Dale, uh, South Mecklenburg uh, is going to host Olympic Friday. I know that you're familiar with both these teams. In fact, you saw South Mech Friday. Uh, what do you think about this big game? Well, this is uh, going to be Olympic's second, but I would say real game. They, they've had a fairly light schedule. Uh, they played Weddington and lost, so this could be a tough ball game, playing a tough team that's come, trying to bounce back from a, a tough loss. So 
Uh, I have to say, I think this is a, a South Mech uh, ball game here. I, I yeah. think there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on at Olympic right now that doesn't look very good. Right, right. You know, just based off how we've seen South Mac play, I have to agree with you right there. Uh, you know, if I had to pick a game to go to Friday, it'd be really hard for me between two of the biggest rivalry games in Western North Carolina, one being the biggest rivalry game in the state, in my opinion, with Tuscola and Pisgah, uh, the Mountain Heritage hosting Mitchell. That's going to be a big game. Uh, I really like the intriguing nature of Pinecrest and Scotland and the Sand Hills. I think that's a big game. Uh, but I think it's time for us to drop the music for our game of the week. All right, Grice, tell us about Maiden and Bunker Hill. Yeah, we're going to go to Catawba County in Claremont, North Carolina, uh, for the game of the week, which is going to be Maiden at Bunker Hill. Big-time rivalry. Um, the big thing here is just, you know, three keys with this game. First off, you know, I love my QBs. Uh, the battle here between Maiden's Ethan Rhodes and versus Carson Elder. Ethan Rhodes has started off great this year. 20 touchdowns, one pick, 69% uh, completion percentage with four rushing touchdowns. Uh, Ethan has been, you know, uh, Ethan has been a great quarterback, somebody that's just led that powerful maiden offense to some really big wins so far this year. Uh, Carson Elder has been a little, you know, he's, he hasn't done as much. I mean, he's averaged about 150 yards per game. But the big thing for him has been those big-time throws, those throws where the defense has come up and he executes that big throw to get them down the field. Which QB can be more efficient and minimize the mistakes? I think that will be the QB on the winning side. Uh, let's switch it to the other side of the ball. I mean, look at the dominant defenses. Maiden's allowed 47 total points while Bunker Hill's only allowed 39. Something's got to give here. Here, I look for me to the primetime players. I mean, you look with Bunker Hill, you look at Caden Robinson and, and Justin Killian. Both of them have been averaging double-digit tackles per game. Watching the film, Caden Robinson's been everywhere. Every single time, you're going to see him in the camera. If he has a big impact, expect Bunker Hill to be victorious. Maiden on the other side is no slouch. So you look at Jackson Hensley, the linebacker, and big DJ Spring, their D-lineman. Watching DJ Spring, that uh, Bunker Hill offensive line is going to have a time and going to have to account for him because I saw him line up at different places on the defensive line in order for them to be effective there. So the dominant defenses, those big guys, those guys that have made a lot of plays, that's going to be the team that's going to be successful. And finally, I mean, Bunker Hill's got to start fast to erase the ghosts of the past. Uh, you know, you look at the, the last three years, and albeit Bunker Hill's better this year, without question. This is going to be a much better game. But you look, you know, back at these old, the last three meetings that they've had, they've lost 13 to 40. They've lost 49 nothing and 41 15 in those past three years. So I don't think that game is going to be there. But we know that within the fans and supporters, and maybe some of these kids that have had older brothers and, you know, that have come through the program, they know that they've got to start fast and they know what Maiden can do if given the opportunity. So they've got to really do a good job, come out early and show that they're ready to play. But I think this is going to be a fantastic game. And I'm excited to name this the game of the week. Absolutely. Go to the pass is a real thing. It is. Uh, great work on that. By the way, this is Bunker Hill's best team since probably about that 85, 87 team. Uh, they were both legit teams. Hey, we see the three of us on the screen. I think it's time for Coach versus Coach. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. <laughs> All right, I already know the deal, and that music already got us hyped up for this first, first question. Grice, I know you won the toss, and being the offensive guy, Fury. you won to receive. Fury. Go ahead and give it to you. All right, what's your pregame music playlist? 
I, you know, I'm I'm a Southern guy, Grinder. You know, I'm not one of these guys that you know, you or some of these kids that listen to all this stuff. I need a little John, yeah, like on some playlist that I have. Like I, I don't know what what's up with these kids and the music they listen to. This sad Rod Wave junk, like you know what I mean. Like they're in the locker room, sounding like they're about to go like someone to a funeral before the game. I'm like, guys, we got to switch this up. Give me a little John, yeah. Give me some beats, some hi hats, and some drums. And I mean, give me a Southern rapper. Give me Ti. Give me Young Jeezy. Somebody talking about something that I shouldn't be listening to before I'm getting ready to coach a football game. So give me a yeah. Give me something Southern and give me a, a nice beat. We're ready to go, Griner. Honestly, don't need music at all. If you ain't ready for it, music ain't going to get you there. The only music I look forward to is the national anthem because I know it's a game time then. That's it. No, I ain't need no music. All right. Hey, play Come on, man. Get out of here. If your heartbeat ain't beating, like if it ain't echoing the game, your soul's not. I can just listen to my soul cry. I want to play. Let's go. But we're not yeah. playing. I did my I did my homework growing up listening to music. It helps me get in my zone. I call plays in the pregame with music on. It helps me get in my zone. I'm used to doing work with music. I got, you. I, I got it. We ready to go, baby. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's move on to question number two. Uh, Coach Griner, this is for you. What is your way too soon high school coach of the year? Um, That's tough. I mean, I, I guess you'd have to go with Jenkins. I mean, Jenkins right now, just because he's best team in the whole state, there's not a team out there that can beat him unless they're deep thrown. Like, Malachi's got to come up to the, the table. They had a bye last week. They've had two weeks to prepare for him. Hopefully they come out there. Hopefully three's playing. <laughs> and, uh, and and we'll see what goes on. But, I mean, I think he's doing the best job. Um, surprises, I don't think there's a lot of surprises out there. Um so it's hard to say, like, oh, a coach has made a drastic shift, you know. So uh, I think that's that's tough to call. Yeah, honestly, I was right there with you. I mean, it, you know, if I have to divert and go to a number two, I'd probably say Jupiter Wilson. I mean, you look at a couple, you know, uh, what, a touchdown with six seconds left away from, you know, having one of the best records in, you know, in the area and a guy that's really done done well. Uh, what's your guy in Pinecrest? Uh, not the guy that replaced Metzger. Curtin, I think it is. Like he's yeah, been. Curtin should be in the mix. He he good. should definitely be in the mix. I think he you know had a couple of wins that made you you know raise your eyebrow to say I you know Metzger did a fi- fantastic job, but I you know definitely I think Curtin's exceeded expectations so far uh, from that year one expectation of him. So though that would be kind of my you know group in the mix there with Jenkins kind of over the over the top. What, what's what's wrong with Gary in the background? Which is how Sam can't listen to music. <laughs> He got to fix helmets, tape, angles. That's a true head coach. That's a true head coach. You're working. Oh, hey, my, coach, my coach of the year, if I had to say it right now, uh, would be Clayton Trivet over at Central Davidson High School. Yeah, uh, I'm with that. In the top ten. You know, three uh, Catawba football alum, two, three, four years ago, they were the worst team in the 2A. They couldn't scratch a win. And to see where he's built that program in a really short amount of time, I think that's really impressive. Uh, they've been knocking that. on the door for a year. Like you know, and again, it's too early, uh, but that's where we go. Coach Grice's final question here, uh, we're going to start with you. Uh, should kick returners and interceptors be allowed to bring the ball out of the end zone? Oh, the perfect week for this. When Grinder, I saw it on the Grinder tape. That Huff kicker's going to kick it through the uprights, man. Like, what do you say? Like, give my number three a chance to return it. He's the fastest man in 4A, 100-meter dash. Give my guy a return. I don't care if it's on the track. 
he's going to get it back to the 30-yard line. And if you're not careful, he's going to take it to the other side of the track. So, yes, well, I'm an offensive guy. No, get that ball out of there. I'm tired of you defensive guys. Get all your tricks. Get all your weapons. Now they they got a rule in to where if you kick the ball in a certain place, we can't advance the ball. Like, what kind of crap is that? Y'all always complain about pass interference and all this stuff. You actually have a rule that if they kick the ball in a certain place, we actually cannot move the ball. That is the worst rule ever created, and this is not talked about enough. You eliminated a whole category of player because you defensive guys wanted a rule just so you could protect and put the ball in a certain place. You can't you can't return the ball if he kicks it out of the end zone, so it doesn't even matter. So um like it's one yard. if it gets on the one, it's good, but here it's not. What's the difference? So your your number three, as good as he is, he's gonna return it nine yards deep in the end zone. He would return it, he'd have the green light. I will take my money with him. I, you've seen him. I will take I, my money. I, I understand with him. that. And all of a sudden, you end up starting out on the just one tackle. I don't care if you miss the tackle on one yard. Like you miss that tackle and he gets in front of you. Hey, give me your house keys. You ain't care. Well, the, the thing is this it, it protects high school kids. The the biggest impacts for you know collisions are on kickoff, kickoff return. Those are the biggest impacts we see in any part of the game. That's why the NFL has adjusted it. That's why they don't even return it anymore because they're saying if you let it go in the end zone, we'll give it to you on the 25, not on the 20. So just, you know, take that. Um, Colleges will get to that eventually. High school, this is the one rule that I think that you make it to the end zone, you're a pretty good kicker. Not all kickers can do it. You're going to face one out of five kickers that can put it in the end zone, like on on a good conference. That's not It hurts. It hurts schools like – It's a a great advantage if you have it. How many, how many schools in, in more impoverished areas, it creates another barrier because it's hard for you to find a kicker that can do that. Hire a kicker. Soccer programs, they're able to find that. It's but very it, rare. You're, 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 you're like, the further you kick it, the higher the impact can be. I'm just saying it, it protects. I put wish. On the 35 and let's go. Hey, don't like, tell me. Put it on the 35 let's go. It'll don't tell me I you can't find a coach. Hey, for being legit offense, you got to drive 80 daggone yards. Just go. Hey, don't tell me you can't find a kicker. I used to coach kickers, and some of the best kickers I ever had were offensive tackles that you put the gum front, the, the flat toe shoe oh, on, mid-step, boom, kick it. And then he, <laughs> they don't kick it in the end zone. Yeah, hey, Gary, did you have an offensive lineman kicking, Gary? No, no, no. <laughs> I can hear Gary now. Hey, get your butt back in the three-point stance. I can hear Gary <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. Well, what about interceptors? Y'all didn't come in about a guy to get a pick in the end zone. You don't want him coming out? Oh, I want everybody, everybody going. If you can turn it in the offense, go. I, the kickoff thing, I mean, I get the safety aspect of it from that standpoint, but that's fine. Look at look at uh, Langston. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, for tonight's singing of the Star Spangled Banner, please welcome Sam Griner. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay, maybe, maybe not, maybe not quite. But at least right. Sam, will, Sam will give us his final thoughts. I, I just I'm excited about Friday's game. And you know, we have an opportunity at West Charlotte to win the West Side Championship, something they haven't done in a long time. And I'm really excited. We're gonna go black out on Barry. We're gonna bring out the black unis. Um, first time all black. Um, got our West Charlotte color still on there, got approval from the alumni, and uh, I'm excited about that because that was a big deal. So come out there, wear your black. Get you some West Charlotte black gear, and uh, let's go black out on Barry, baby. Go get it. And there, and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And that's a wrap for this week. Once again, and there we go. 
Um, we'll see the all-black uniforms at West Charlotte. Sam knows the deal that the Alumni Association had to sign off on it. And maybe in addition to the blackout uh, with the uh, all-black uniforms, we might also hear a debut of uh, Sam Griner's singing career. And he'll lead us off with singing the national anthem. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that, that's reason enough for everyone to uh, be at the West Charlotte game this Friday right there. But in the meantime, this is Talking Preps for another week. Uh, first, we acknowledge the one and the only Langston Wirtz, who is here with us this evening. He is here. That's Sam Griner. That's Jonathan Grice. That's Chris Hughes. That's Dale Ross. That's Gary Richmond. And I, the most unworthy one to be with these fine, distinguished gentlemen on this panel and Mr. Wirtz, I, in all my lonely, lowliness and unworthiness, am Alex Bass. That's Talking Preps for a week. Thank you all for being here. Have a good evening. You're the best one, Alex. Yeah. I want my West Charlotte shirt, Sam.